Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Third time's a charm? I guess so. No, just let it run. Are you sure? I can redo it. No, you just sound like... I don't know what I'm... Have you talked before? No. That sounds about right. Yeah, drink some beverage. That'll help. And I said, drink your beverage. I wasn't sure. It's tea, right? Yes. Drink your tea. Okay. I just did. Thank you so much. So in lieu of having Riveting podcasting. (laughs) In lieu of having something to talk about, you just make fun of me? Huh? Okay, we're starting this shit No, no, no. no. You just made fun of me because you're like, you don't work blind. I didn't do it on air in front of other people. That was just for us because you went over to the blind and you're pulling at it like you're fucking... Uh, trying to make a marionette move. I don't know how to use blinds. Know how to use blinds, but I knew there was a certain direction. I was trying all the directions, and I hadn't gotten to the direction yet that needed to be done. You can <laughs> sit on a fucking uh-huh. cactus made of dicks. It is July sixth, twenty twenty three. If you're new here. I'm just waiting for the apocalypse. <laughs> um, but until then, uh, I'm married to this fucking idiot. And <laughs> hey, that's so mean. And, and to get through that it, life. It's the only reason why you married me is because I'm valuable in an apocalypse. No. No. God, no. Well, I am. No. I'm resourceful. I've got better aim than you do. Smitha, you don't like fucking bugs. And you're scared of, like, everything, so... That's not true. I put it on a lot. Uh-huh, sure. I do. I put sure. it on a lot because I want you, you to take care You would be as useful in the zombie apocalypse mm. as a butthole on your forehead. Well, I disagree. Okay. And, uh, I guess we'll find out when there's a zombie apocalypse. Yep. And so to get through this existence, at least once a week we watch a fucking random movie from a massive movie collection, and then I stupidly have to talk about it with her. Um, I'm not even going to acknowledge you're here anymore. You're so mean to me. Look, it's been, you know, I'm just in one of those funks. Fine, being a funk, don't bring me down into your funk with you. You did, you don't try to bring me down anymore from speaking down to me about 20 seconds of wrong blonde, blind etiquette. Wrong blonde etiquette, something totally different. Which Um, I'm sure you're guilty of too. No, I'm not a blonde guy. Uh... Mm -hmm. That makes it better. Happy 4th. Happy belated 4th to you all. We had a good 4th. Went to our friends the Reals. Played a lot of games. Ate a lot of food. Had a lot of fun. Much needed fun. Not much else going on lately. It's been so fucking hot. I think that's why I've been in such a bad mood over the past like week. Is every time I walk out. Every time I go outside. For longer than 10 seconds. 
I feel like I'm going to burst into flames. <laughs> it's awful. I hate it. I am seriously contemplating not living in Florida anymore because this was like, I believe on average, the hottest week on planet Earth is what somebody said since they've been like tracking it. Cool. Um, and yeah, it, every time I get in my car, it feels like 110 and it's just miserable. And I, I'm just over it. I cannot wait for the winter. I hope it's a miserable, cold winter. And I will be... I can deal with cold more than I can deal with heat now. I never thought that day would come, but that's 100% where I am in my life. That sucks. Yeah, because you're the opposite, so... Absolutely. Yeah, because you don't ever fucking sweat. No, I sweat. No, you just don't put an effort in anything to sweat. No, I do bad. sweat. I sweat terribly. But I would much well, rather be... Well, you're sleeping. Com- well, yes. <laughs> That is one avenue in which I have stressful that. dreams, which I don't remember. What if that was it? That you don't remember your dreams, and they're just too difficult to remember. That that might be what it is. That might be what it is. That's psychotic. Uh, My brain wants to protect me. Have you been watching anything as late that I don't know about? No. Oh, it's a I watched uh, two things today. Yeah. The first one. Uh, wasn't a, a movie, but it was a uh, five-part documentary on Netflix. Watch, I believe it's called Muscles and Mayhem. It's the other American Gladiators documentary. American Gladiators making a comeback. Having a moment. I think it's just, like they had two projects going on at the same time. They're pretty, they're different enough. Like we talked about the 30 for 30 one on ESPN, you know, kind of had a, a weird uh angle to it because it was largely around like the creation of the show and the and the executive producers and that whole weird story and that those people are not involved in this documentary. This one focuses more so on the actual gladiators themselves, the ones that weren't involved in that project. It was still good. I think I liked the the, the first one more um just because of how like odd it was, but this one still had some good stuff. Good look at the toys, good look at the tour and you know a bunch of stuff. So still check it out. It's it's I mean I watched it in one day. I think the episodes average 35, 40 minutes in length, so you're able to knock it out pretty quick once you get going. Um, and I followed that up with a movie I've been wanting to watch uh, for a while since it came out. Uh, did it come out earlier this year? When did this movie come out? I think it was earlier this year. It came out very weirdly. It came out, you know, it came out in 2022. Hmm. It came out in September of 2022. It had a very, very limited theatrical release, and then it was a premium video-on-demand release. So you could see it in theaters for like a week or two, mm-hmm. and then you had to pay like just like you were going to the movies for it. And then it premiered on Showtime, and now it's streaming on Paramount+. Plus. So very, very... Oh, no. Was it Paramount+, Plus or Peacock? I don't remember. Uh, I watched Confess Fletch, the, uh, the finally third film... In the uh, the F- the Fletch series, after the the famed Chevy Chase movies of the eighties, this time starring John Hamm, this movie's been attempted to be made so many times with Kevin Smith directing, with Zach Braff directing, all kinds of people, and then finally Greg Matola uh, from Superbad and mm. Adventureland fame got it done, um, and nobody has basically seen it, and it basically barely exists. Oh, which is a shame because I, I liked it. Um, I, I wouldn't go anything beyond that. I think the actual story was pretty nothing. It was pretty boring. Like the like the mystery to it. Because of course, Flesh is like a uh, detective or an investigative you know reporter. Mm. You know, uh, so that wasn't 
what was drawing me to it. It's just John Hamm being fucking funny for 90 minutes. Yeah. And he has two scenes with John Slattery, so I'm basically required to like it. Uh, <laughs> and, and that stuff when John Hamm was cooking, you know, him and Roy Wood and John Slattery, um, and some other smaller bit players, you know, had a fun time. It, it wasn't anything, it was 90 minutes, it was quick, it was easy. I would probably never watch it again, but if you like John Hamm being funny, you know, you're going to have a good time. So That's good. Yeah. What else? That was it. I said That's I had watched two things. Okay. And uh, I'm glad you just played on your phone the whole time. What do you, let me see your phone. Oh, okay. Thank you. But you're going to be playing a uh, game this whole time as nope. I was just talking. Nope. Just you're reading through my notes. You're totaling the swerves, aren't you? I've already told. Great. Well, let's get into it. Uh, today's episode is uh, the second. Second back, in a row. Second in a row, and the last Wrap one for it a while. Up. Wrap it up. If we watched a movie in the podcast history and we acquire its sequel, we didn't have previously, we automatically watch it. And I said to be a jerk uh, when we went to an antique mall mm-hmm. uh, several uh, weeks ago and picked up Speed to Cruise Control on for DVD. $2.99. No, it was less than that. It was like a dollar. A dollar. Yeah. Uh, because I was like, you know what? I've never seen this. And it's supposed to be one of the worst sequels ever made. And, and we'll I'm, get to it. And I'm morbidly curious. For a dollar, why not? Turns out the DVD is so old that the widescreen behind it didn't work properly. So it, we well, had it just, didn't. It didn't fit our our seventy five seventy five inch TV that we have. So I had to just pull it up on fucking Hulu and watch it. So <laughs> you know the the joke's on us. But uh, we <laughs> yeah. uh, we watched Speed Two Cruise Control. Samantha, go ahead. Two thumbs up. Siskel and Ebert. Which is a very famous of... Uh, oh, boy. Well, I want to say before you read it. So I believe the Rotten Tomatoes score in this movie, which is always hard to judge based off of movies that came out before Rotten Tomatoes was an active thing, is 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. Whoa. And I do believe two of the four positive reviews, because there's two more here on the back, uh-huh. are from Siskel and Ebert. And they got skewered... For being two people, I believe Ebert actually gave it a better score or liked it better than Speed 1. Wow, wow. You know, it, it hits people differently. Hits people differently. Maybe they, you know, were... I no. don't know. <laughs> Hold your breath action, says Joel Siegel, Good Morning America. You said that weird. Because I couldn't tell if it was Siegel or... No, I'm talking about the hold your breath action part, oh. but okay. Spectacular. It never stops moving, and man, it's fun, says the L.A. Daily News. That's what I wanted in a review. Mm-hmm. And man, it's fun. Yeah, just conversational <laughs> reviews. <laughs> Hold on to your life jacket as the rip-roaring sequel to Speed hits the high seas. Sandra Bullock reprises her star-making role as Annie Porter, a young woman expecting to enjoy a Caribbean vacation with her boyfriend, Jason Patrick, on board the world's most luxurious cruise liner. But their trip to paradise turns deadly when a lunatic computer genius, Willem Dafoe, takes over the boat and sets it on a course for destruction. An explosive voyage helmed by Daredevil director Jean de Bont, Speed and Twister, Speed 2 Cruise Control rides the wild waves at maximum velocity. You didn't think I knew how to say his name, did you? Fuck you! Say it again. Fuck you. Jean de Bon. Jean de Bon. Huh? Uh, you Jean, said it right the first time. Jean, Jean de Bon. Jean de Bon. Jean de Bon. Jean de Bon. Yeah. Bless you. Thank you. I'll, but I'll let it slide because I think you got it right the first time. 
Yeah, I did. So that's it. Zero for zero for me for the fuck ups. So here we are. <laughs> so so here we are. So so this is an interesting sequel. So here's what I will say right out of the jump, okay? This is not as bad as I've been it's made to believe. It's not as bad as I was thinking it was going to be. From the past mm-hmm. 26 mm-hmm. years, which is how long it's ago since 1997. I will say it's no Speed 1. I think the problem is that Speed 1 is so good and so... Uh, it hits so many notes. It, it's just like the perfect action film. Like we talked about when we did the movie with Tony and Julia... It just fucking works on every level. So to to replicate it with something so different and so kind of like anticlimactic as like a boat compared to a bus and you're just missing some crucial pieces. You don't have fucking Keanu there. You don't have Jeff Daniels there. You don't have Dennis Hopper there. You don't have... um, You don't really have a lot of... Of, well, well, Ma- of Mac, you know, like you don't. Well, you, you have basically no Mac. Yeah, which you have you one know, scene, like uh, not even half a scene, and you also don't have um, Joss Whedon, you know, helping with the script. It, it suffers. I, I think the movie is still poor. I still think it is not a good movie. But is this like one of the worst movies ever made? No, uh, no I don't. I don't. No, think it that's, is not. That's it, is, true. it is not one of the worst movies ever made. I would say it's in terms of drop off from first to second sequel wise, I would put it up there in terms of worst sequels. Yes, but worst movies ever made? No, there's not anything that's offensive. It's just not pitching at the speed <laughs> that the original does. Um, a lot of it is just weird and exhausting and preposterous. Yeah, I... Which is saying something, because like speed is about a fucking bomb on a bus that can't drive faster than 55 miles no. an hour. But the difference... Uh, l- less than 55. Less than 55 miles an hour. Once it goes 55 miles an hour. But, like, I just described that movie right there. I couldn't tell you... Look... This What's movie, happening with the boat in this movie? Look, this movie was about this guy mm-hmm. who sat in front of a computer, mm-hmm. got copper poisoning, yeah. and then decided to hijack the boat, evacuate all the people, and crash the boat. So... Much lower stakes. While he was also stealing diamonds and well, jewelry. Well, yes, yes. And, and then yes. It, this ended up being just just a, a, a robbery movie, just a heist. Well, movie. no, but he was also out for ve- revenge because sure, he was fired was like, from yes, after he was yes, diagnosed yes, with I cancer. Just said all, so, yeah. Yes, I just yeah. said all of that. I just said all but of that. He did it very poorly. I did not do it poorly, but... Yeah, the stakes... The stakes are significantly lower well, until... And until they put themselves into that position, had everyone evacuated, I think we would have been good. Would have been fine. No shit would have gone down. Well, yeah. But these stubborn ass people. He was still going to crash the boat into. But nobody was on it. Somebody like the crew still would have been on it. 
No, the crew almost all evacuated. There were three people left on and they should have evacuated themselves. But look, regardless. Mm hmm. Yep. I don't know if you can really call this movie a sequel when oh, absolutely. it's, it's got one character. She yeah. could have been anybody. It could have just been Sandra Bullock playing someone else. It did not have to be Annie. Like, so, it did not have to be the same character. There wasn't... The, the only thing that was really the a through line in it was, like, she was taking her driver's test because the whole reason she was riding the bus is because her driver's license got taken yeah. away, so she's trying to get her license because back. Because apparently she is a hilariously bad driver. And I don't mean hilarious in that it was funny when we saw her driving because it wasn't, despite the fact that Tim Conway was there. It was just, like... There, it's impossible for somebody to be that bad at driving. Go on. Yes. And, and a couple throwaway lines about her ex-boyfriend, about Jack. Jack. Yeah. And that was really well, but the only thing that connected it. No. Her but, name could have been Susan. And it would have been the same no, movie. No, there's more because... What else? What else connects it to the first one? Well, the, the whole emotional crux of the movie, their relationship is... That line in the first movie is like, I've heard relationships based on intense physical or intense Extreme circumstances. Like, don't work out. And, like, that's what sure. that happened with her and Jack. And that's what she's trying to avoid with this guy, who I couldn't even tell you the character's name. Um, Alex? Is Alex. his name Alex? Because uh, he's been lying to her this whole time about his job for fear of that. And then it kind of tests them throughout, you know, this incident on the boat. Mm. Uh, we have a yes. Toon Man returns. Same yes. character Toon there. Man returns. Um, there is another gets reference. His, gets his boat jacked this time. Mac, Joe Morton's character has a cameo earlier on in the movie. Yeah. And there was one okay. other. There's one other case. I forget what yep. it was. Um, and then we could have just uh, moved on. Yeah, it is. It is unnecessary. It, it's a loose sequel. I feel like this script exists, and they're like, hmm. We could turn this into speed. Yeah, it's like and a loose sequel. Yeah. I'm not saying like it's bad. I just don't think it had to be. It didn't have to be speed two cruise control. This could have just been called cruise control, right? And then I would have continued to doubt why I ever go on a boat when we keep watching all these movies about the boat sinking <laughs> or blowing up or getting hijacked or whatever. So we've watched. So we watched Poseidon Adventure. We watched other like boat uh, calamity Poseidon movies. Poseidon Adventure is one of my favorite movies. The original ones, one of my and favorite movies. This movie despite it being, like, the sequel to Speed, is, like, like the most exhausting and boring of them. Yes. Because it's just... There's such a drop-off from the anxiety of what's going to happen with this bus to, uh, number one, not clearly defined whatever is happening with his little bombs and his like, yeah, tricks like and his hacking and, and yes. the little balls and the trackers and whatnot. And also the fact that it's still a boat... So we're not ever seeing how fast it is, except at the end of the movie. When, <laughs> no, don't get there yet. Don't get oh, there. Oh, I have yet. to get there right now. So it's exactly what we're talking about. When the boat, um, when it's the slowing down, we got to get the play by play. There, he's oh rigged the boat. He's rigged the boat to collide with this like oil rig, and they're able to. Literally swerve the boat. Swerve the boat and they slow it down. And avoid it. But they didn't notice that they swerved it into... The town. The town of St. Martin's and all these smaller boats and catamarans and everything else. And they've dropped the anchor and they're trying to slow it down. And each knot that passes 
we have like what is he like the second in command basically at this point on the boat. The navigator. The navigator Merced is like stressed, tight shot on his face, Look. counting down every like minute and a half. Seven knots. I've never been as excited. Six knots. I've never been as excited about something as this guy was about counting down these knots. I felt uncomfortable. I felt like I was watching a different movie. We are always... Speed 2 Dick Control or some other... That makes no sense. Speed 2 Cum Control or some other movie. Next, I'd be counting down nuts instead of knots. When we... (laughs) Are watching movies. We normally are in our own little zone. We don't like to give a, give it away. We don't give each other talk any about it. Indication as to how we were feeling it, about the movie until we watch it. Unless it's really ridiculously bad, like the Scrawl movie, or yeah, then you so, have, you know sometimes have to we have, have some to. kind of release, and sometimes you know we we will, but it's very rare. But in this case, after in like scene, the third knot. You we looked just, over to me and just bust out laughing. I just looked at you and I just shook my head and started laughing. And the way you looked at me, I knew you were thinking the same thing I did. Like, yep. this guy was just, like, fucking this boat and just, you know, yeah, trying to... And the sad thing is, mm. so the movie does have a couple of moments where, you know, some you very, very briefly get some of the decent humor from some of the exterior... Yeah, there were a couple characters. of giggles that we've had yeah. going on. But those are few and far between because it's interspersed with just not like preposterous levels of like like detective work from Alex. Oh yeah, and, and Sulfur. And like just exaggerated gr- drama with the grenade and exaggerated drama with the deaf girl rescue and exaggerated drama with the oil tanker. So like it's it was a good reveal, like, all the drama and suspense is built into, we have to avoid this oil tank. And so then the reveal, when they're all like, oh, shit, oh, shit, like, seven or eight people are like, oh, shit, and they're going to run in this town. Like, that's a, that's a pretty funny and also good I think suspenseful it, it, it reveal. Heightened, it heightened well at that and part. And then they draw it out for, like, five to yeah. ten minutes. Then it takes and forever. And it's filled with awful dialogue. Like this not guy, yeah, like it just not ruins your immersion of of it the does. experience and, and the scene right. that you're in. And I feel like they did a good job of like making you feel like you're on a cruise. Like they got those cruise vibes pre COVID down, baby. Like we with are the dancing with we everybody are at the table. cruise people. We love cruising, and I remember our one of our first cruises together. Well, like our honeymoon cruise. There was a bomb. Uh, no. There was a bomb on the cruise. We ran into the town. No, um. You know, we had shared a table with other couples oh, and God, stuff I hate like it. that. Really? I hate it. No, I don't want to. If I go on a cruise, and, well, now it's not like that anymore. Yeah, good. Yeah, I don't want to be at. I don't want to be at a table but with a bunch of people pre- I don't know and have to get to know people. I'm on vacation. I don't want to know any. I barely want to know the people I'm yeah, on no, vacation with. But but look at how much doing that gave you. You met. The man who continued to inspire your cruise habit. I met a guy who who ordered two entrees every night. I was going to figure it out eventually. <laughs> um, yeah, but you didn't have to. Um, so, like, I mean, so they do a good job of like the cruise vibes. You know, all the different personalities of the of the couples. You know, like it it immersed you in it. But then there were leeches, and like I said. There's some preposterous... Like, it's, it's preposterous. Like, it... Yeah, it just is... Yeah. From the opening, I knew we were in for a long time because the opening has, like... 
This 20th Century Fox logo has a weird dissolve into some water, but then we're just back in California just on the roads for this, like, bad motorcycle chase with Alex's character chasing down, it was an ice cream truck, I think? Or some kind of, like, food truck yeah, that yeah, had yeah. stuff on it. Yeah, uh, He had stolen some... Interspersed with the aforementioned uh, Annie taking her driving test and Tim Conway trying way too hard to get chuckles out of this. And po jo- poor Joe Moten, poor Joe Moten, poor Joe Morton is there for no reason at all for some consistency in the police force. Um, and I'm like, this is not going to be good. And until we really get into, I think, the dinner sequence on the boat, I was like, is this is this movie still called Speed? Right. In this case, because of just how everyone is talking and interacting and being irritating to one another, there just there was no standard action beats to get you into it. It Correct. had no fun whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It was just they, a lot they, of setup. They had no real. They didn't necessarily lack chemistry together, and I don't think either one of them were out and out bad. Initially. Neither of them wanted to be there. It was you just, could tell. The vibe of the relationship was written very poorly. It was. And I felt like it was kind of like a side to Annie we never got to see. Like, oh, they're on vacation. And then she's like wanting to go dance and drink and, you know, yeah, do like all this. Fun, right, have fun. Loose. But he was still so buttoned up. Yeah. It didn't vibe for me. No. And... And then he gets, like, sick all of a sudden. Like, legitimately, I thought it was just a gag right, because so he got nervous about, about proposing. proposing. But no, yeah. he, like, legitimately gets sick so I have to make sure you see vomit on the bed and vomit in the bucket. Yeah, so I was like, um, yeah, I was like... So it just wasn't... I didn't get it. Yeah, I, yeah, I just didn't fucking... I didn't get them. Yeah, I didn't get them at all, so that didn't help. But their interactions and everyone else around them is just... I think part of the thing that makes Speed work so well is on top of your four lead characters, you sprinkle in four or five minor character actor tropes mm-hmm. that just fuck you have or you have Ortiz and you have uh, Sam. Uh, you, have, uh, you have Sam the bus driver, you have Alan Ruck's character, you have uh, the guy with the long hair who's always like yelling. Um, you have even if you're not on the bus, you have. Mac, you have other things. And in this, they had tons of, I recognize that person. I recognize that person. You had Colleen Camp from Clue. Mm-hmm. You had um, the girl who does the work for Christina Applegate and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. It's the only reason I know her. Uh, the, other, the, the heavier set woman at the table used to be on a sitcom I used to watch all the time. The other woman is a, a very famous character actor. Um, you know, like they don't, they just didn't, have enough to do. And there's more I'm not even mentioning. Like, there was a weird, like, Hispanic newlywed couple that the only thing, they just cut to her to complain that she can't believe this is happening on her honeymoon. Yeah. Uh, and then you had others that were just out and out bad. Besides Harvey, the the taller dude with the mustache, who was kind of funny. And then Dante. The Why? I gotta take off my pants. <laughs> Why doesn't she take off her clothes? Someone wearing underwear. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, that guy was funny. And yeah. then Dante, the Dante. camera guy. Dante ended up being like a kind of hero, and like he did, but and, but he like embraced it too. Like you know, those people always taking pictures. Yep. Here's the other thing I think that as I realized hurt the movie is there were no stakes because none of those people died because no this is PG thirteen. Yeah. The captain dies because he gets thrown off 
the ship and a couple people die. But it's not like you know that they're dead. He just gets thrown off the ship. You assume he's dead. He's dead. But you don't see it like you do like Right, like, like Helen Helen in the first movie mm-hmm. when she gets trapped under the bus and Jeff Daniels' character. You raise the stakes and you right. you get people emotionally invested and you take them away. I from think them. that I think that's that's you don't a really have good that here. explanation. It's neutered because it's, it's neutered. PG thirteen. It's neutered. That's exactly right. And I had another point and I forget what it was. Um but yeah, it's it's just not as exciting. And you also have um the other two characters I did mention are the first officer and the not guy. And they're just, they're, they're wet blankets. They're doing fine. Like, I don't think there's too many bad performances in this movie. And this oh, movie got, man. We got slapped. I mean, I, I have a list still. But in terms of, like, the main actors, I, I, I think everyone was trying. I think the biggest culprit of this being a bad movie is the script. Yeah, I the think. The dialogue and the story beats just aren't fucking there. It and just wasn't, it just didn't have that oomph that Speed had. Yeah. It, so comparing it to it by making it the sequel is not doing this movie any justice. Yeah, and like you said, it gets weird that there's no reason that you have to have Willem Dafoe putting leeches on his body to try to help his copper poisoning right. disease. You, you don't need the codes to be one two three four five six so he can easily get into the secured areas of yeah. the boat. The scripting behind, like, you know, all these little, you know, cues and clues around the relationship... And everything related to Geiger, Willem Dafoe's character, you know, all of his complaints and all of his dialogue explaining it all. You know, like, Dennis Hopper didn't do that in the first movie. Dennis Hopper would have one throwaway line is like, I had a, uh, I had a missing finger and a sorry about your hand and a gold watch. And it's like, boom, you know, right there, all that character's motivation. Because um, the movie also was trying to toy with you a little bit and build up like, what was actually happening with who and what and where. Mm-hmm. And then it gets revealed, and it's like, well, we just wasted all this fucking time doing it. Um, and once we finally get into the incident, which doesn't happen until well thir- 30, it. 40 minutes in. Well into it. Then it's just loud and, like, un- an unfun level of stress. Because, yes. it's, it, because it's nothing like the bus. It was hard to see because they're in water. And Jan de Bont wasn't necessarily shooting it well, which is shocking because he's known for his action cinematography. And then it was just misplaced. Like, Sandra Bullock is the lead, quote-unquote, in this movie, and she just goes back to doing what she did the first movie. It's just some one-liners and being like a damsel in distress. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it sucked. I agree. That lifeboat scene when they're getting off is fucking just never ended, I felt like. It's like, at this point, just drop them. Let, let them all those people die. Let, let that deaf girl be an orphan. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's unreal. It's fine. I know, but you still, you still can't say stuff like that. Um, yeah. And then, like, we already talked about the kind of the climax of, you know, the boat landing on the island and it, take again, taking forever and counting down the knots. And then, of course, there's another 10 or 15 minutes afterwards where, you know, they have to chase Geiger down and it's more convoluted. I'm all fine with the callback of Soul Man coming back. I'm mad that I knew it was coming because I remember vividly as a kid the commercials spoiling that. Soul Man coming back? Or yeah, like they have Toon like... Toon Man. Toon Man, sorry. What did I say Soul Man? Yeah, you're talking about Jumanji. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you know what I was thinking of was um, that C. Thomas Howell movie Soul Man 
that we watched the trailer for when Rich was here, the guy who basically does blackface to get into college because it was on my box office game today. I was like, hmm, a movie that only made $4 million opening weekend starring C. Thomas Howell? This has to be Soul Man. And I was right. Oh um, so that's why it was on the top of my brain because I was talking about it with Rich earlier. Um, no, Toon Man, the commercials had like Jason Patrick be like, I'm a police officer in your boat. And the guy's like, no, oh, not again. And like, I felt like that was like their hook. We're like, oh, it's going to be the same fun you had before. Yeah. And it's. It, but the, let me ask you a question. What? What does the Toon Man do? He's a musician. So the Toon Man. He had a great, had a dope ass car in the first movie. Nice as both. Hundred fifty thousand dollar boat. Yeah. On a date in the Caribbean. Yeah. He's probably a famous jazz musician or something. He plays in like the Los Angeles Orchestra or something. I don't think that that's a thing. Yes, it is. the 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 Los Angeles Philharmonic or whatever. It's like one of the fucking biggest cities in the world. They're probably one of the biggest. Okay. I don't Why are you so... getting so defensive? <laughs> you respect Toon Man! <laughs> that was a line from the Roger Rabbit sequel that never happened. <laughs> respect Toon Man! Um, here's my biggest complaint about the movie. Or, like, let me pick, let me pick a big-ass nit in this movie. Which there's plenty, because, like I said, the script and the plot to this is rather poor. Ain't no fucking way that ring <laughs> is still in his pocket <laughs> at the end of the movie. Because we see... He's got some some strong pockets. We see... Velcro pockets. Him play... No, he was in dress pants. Right? Because some real nice dress because pants. Because it was formal night when all the shit goes down. So he's in a tuxedo. So he had that in his fucking dress pants. Pants, and at the end of the movie on the on the boat, they've saved the day. He pulls out. It had it been like in a box, like a ring box, I would have been fine. It is in this small, shitty little red cloth bag that literally, like jewelry stores, put things in just to transport for quick cleanings or whatever. It is the it can fit in the palm of my hand, and he whips that shit out like. <laughs> You want to wear this for a while? And everyone's like, what, seaweed? Because there's no way that ring is still in your pocket. You've been swimming and caught underwater. He was under a cruise ship with 12 feet propeller blades that they were saying, you're going to get sucked in and chopped to bits under these propeller planes, propeller blades. But don't worry, I still have this ring bag in my pocket. Out of all the things in this movie. Yes. This is what you're so I'm sh- offended I'm with? shocked you didn't hear it when it happened. I was typing and moving so fast because I wanted to cause a commotion as I was watching. I am shocked I was, that you are so offended by I was this. so, like, don't. Why? Why are you so mad at that? Don't insult my intelligence. But how do you know? You didn't walk around with a ring in your pocket ever. No, because I'm not going to fucking risk anything happening to it. Oh, that's that's kind of yes, funny. yes, exactly. And I get like he didn't know that all this was gonna happen. That's fine, but just don't, just, just, just don't. Because as soon as it happened, I was like, come on, that, that's that. I'm already out of this movie mentally because it's not a good movie. But now you're spitting in my face <laughs> that, that that you're gonna make me believe so that this guy this. saved a deaf girl in a in a flooded cruise ship. Uh, uh, what's the area she was in? 
like the the boiler room yeah. or something? I don't know what she was. They're literally swept off their feet. So immediately, you're off your feet, you're going backwards, your pockets are facing the direction you're falling out of. So you shouldn't. You shouldn't have that ring. You should have nothing in your pockets. Your pockets should be off your pants. I'm so... Your pockets are going to fill with water and it's going to naturally float out of your fucking pockets. I am just shocked that you were so upset. I am going to put on a pair of dress pants. And I'm going to put a, 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 go a the jewelry pool. bag. I'm going to go in the pool for like 45 minutes. I'm going to fucking jump around. And I'm going to get out of that pool and I'm like, oh, look what's out of my pockets. <laughs> it fucking ring anymore. What will you do if it is still in your pocket? <laughs> I will print a retraction. <laughs> and I will apologize. Chris, I, this is so fucking funny. I don't, I just was so angry that, <laughs> I don't know what this is that came out of my mouth just now. Ew. I'm like frothing at the mouth. <laughs> this is, I don't, this is, I don't know. This is like food that's been <laughs> in my mouth for years apparently. So, okay, so maybe fuck I'm right. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe in stressful situations. <laughs> Things happen, and you know, stuff comes in and out or stays in and out a, a different way. Are you all right? No, I'm hysterical. Um, like it'd oh been so God. easy if, like, because of course there's like a scene before the movie ends where she's trying to pass her driver's test again. Have him like surprise her like there, and you know, propose uh, to you now. I had to give it some thought Ooh. because they've been saying this whole time: stressful situations and te- extreme emotional. Distress is not good for relationships. And as you're in the middle you know of the boat... You know not good after... for a relationship? Getting engaged after seven months. No offense to any, re- <laughs> any listeners out there who have. That's very true. But, uh, you Especially know... Especially a week after the big, big reveal of, you know... Yeah, exactly. The lie of your the relationship. Li- the lie of your relationship. God. Um, oh, man. I'm crying. I can't believe you got so upset. That's... Oh, man. I'm has- I cannot believe that. Uh... That is a, I'm going to give this movie another swerve. <laughs> you didn't have that red down? How? No, no, no. Oh, I almost no, no, got no. a brain aneurysm. <laughs> I did have it written down. Okay. I'm giving it a swerve for your reaction. No, I thought you didn't have a swerve. He still has the ring in his pocket. Because no. then you just totally delegitimized your whole year no, I did. doing this. No, okay, I good. I did. Absolutely. Good. good, good. But swerve, mullet is offended. What's, Bye. What does this put the tally at? The fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. Is this the is this the clubhouse leader? Uh, this is by far the clubhouse leader. Fifty-eight swerves. <laughs> Smith, I think you're bad at this. There's I'm not bad not, at this. But we did not have fifty-eight yes, swerves. Yes, I did. Did you count each individual? Not count. No, a I counted each individual bomb that went off. Oh, that doesn't count. <laughs> Good lord. You're insane. I'm not insane. Um, another thing I can give this movie uh, uh, points for, uh, it's 1997 CGI, while bad, was still better than The Flash. It was. It, it, I know. I was like, oh, that that looks bad. But it's actually kind of okay because this was made however many years ago. Like 30 better than the years. Flash. Yeah. Uh, the only CGI is really uh, the fire... The, and then like the, the boat propeller. Yeah, the boat <laughs> propeller. And then was like one of the anchors. CGI'd, yeah, I think so. I think? Maybe one of the wide shots of the boat. Maybe. Did you the singer? 
you know how pissed this movie was that this came out like six months before Titanic? And they're like, well, maybe like the VHS market and then Titanic came out. And they're yeah. like, no, never mind. We're screwed. Oh, yeah. This was a famous uh, box office bomb. Um, let me pull up the article real quick just so I can kind of highlight. Obviously, Keanu Reeves um, read the script and passed. Uh, so Jason Patrick replaced him uh, per the recommendation of Sandra Bullock. I do believe uh, that she did it just for the money, so she could get uh, so she could get funding for Hope Floats, um, the movie that she wanted to do. I believe is why um, she agreed to do it, and. I wanted to get the list of the other people that were up for this instead of him. He did uh, Canada, um Devil's Advocate instead. He also didn't want to do another action film because he had just done Chain Reaction and he wanted to tour with his band Dogstar. Uh, the only people I recognize from this list, there are four. Bullock suggested Matthew McConaughey, but he passed, and then she recommended Jason Patrick. Uh, Christian Slater. John Bon Jovi. And... Billy Zane. Imagine if Billy Zane was on two boats in 1990. How did he get those leeches off his body so damn fast? Oh my god. Good guy and bad guy. That would have been a good year for Billy Zane. And then uh, Gary Oldman turned down the role of Geiger because he did Air Force One instead. And Defoe just wanted to be a villain in a big movie. But you know what? Hmm. I I know we haven't spoken about him in depth yet. I think one of my favorite scenes... Of this movie mm-hmm. is at the towards the end, that laugh of William Defoe's at the end. Oh, the crazy like the Joker crazy laugh, yeah, Joker laugh, killer. So let's. I thought him... it did what it needed to do, and then it was psychotic. It was perfect for the role, and then swerve, plane exploded, and he was gone. I thought it. I thought it. it encapsulated that character really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of my favorite uh, moments in the, in the movie. Also give a shout out that uh, Patrick and Bullock and Defoe did like almost all of their own stunts. Hey. Uh, which is evident. Like you see Will and Defoe jump from a jet ski to a jet ski on this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not... The physical yeah. stuff in this yeah. was not... Patrick not did a motorcycle to... stunt and like flew 30 feet. Sandra Bullock got smacked by the ship on multiple occasions. Uh, She was scared of water. Like, it was, you know, not an easy thing uh, to get through. There's one other note about the movie I was going to point out. Where did it go? Um, Oh, yeah. So, Siskel and Ebert gave two thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Tell me about this. Two of the film's three positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, boy. So, one of those reviews there isn't on there. Uh, Ebert criticized Bullock's limited role, but thought that Patrick stole the movie anyway. Um, yeah, a truly rousing ocean liner adventure story. And, um, box office, it was number one first weekend, but it barely beat Con Air in its second weekend, mm. and then it dropped 54%, only made $48 million in the United States, one of the biggest box office binds of all time, lost 40 to $70 million, which now is nothing, considering the biggest box office bomb in U.S. history is... Well, please tell me there's a list on this article still. There better be. There's no list on the Here we go. List of biggest box office bums. Biggest box office bums. Ooh, it's still the 13th Warrior. Good for you. Um, yeah. Oh, no, these are alphabetical. Never mind. Can I... No, it doesn't get me filtered. Darn. Um, performances. 
I think Willem Dafoe's still the MVP of the movie, right? I mean, I think he brings it, man. I mean, he, he he's not he, half-assed at anything. He's, he's not. He's he's crazy. He's chewing some scenery up. He is. He's he is, great. On top of the laugh, like the last 30 minutes of the movie, he has three or four moments where his eyes and his, his ho- mouth are just, are just like, they're different actors than yeah, him. It, it, they should have gotten their own fucking credits. And I really love how he was able to like, he throws the captain overboard and then goes right into being like goes right into being the captain like with charming those, yeah exactly like like it, it, that fluidity it was just really well done and then like he kept like antagonizing um, Alex and, I mean he does do a good job like the one thing is why it's nowhere near the rapport or the the uh, the antagonistic relationship that Hopper and Reeves had. Mm-hmm. Defoe does a good job of needling yes. Jason Patrick's although, character. Although I was a bit confused about if they had a prior relationship because no. I felt like in some of the dialogue that they did, like, oh, my friend, Alec. Like, I think it's just him being crazy and being... Okay, because I, I was just like, because I don't also know they had that were scene meant to... To feel like that? I hate that, um, so the first day on the cruise when, like, you know, everything's okay and they establish Geiger, you know, is on the boat and it's kind of like this rich, smarmy guy, but Mm -hmm. something's afoot because he's asking for golf clubs and fucking detective dog, fucking Alex, Jason Patrick's character is like, he's not even watching the golf game. Um, Because those two things have to... They 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 have to. I hate how they exist. made him such like a fucking like like every time he's in a situation like with the computers and he has all these ideas and he knows where the trackers and stuff. It's like, you like I get be, you're you're on the SWAT team, but yeah yeah you don't have to be like immediately the best detective I've ever seen. Like fuck off. Right <laughs> like, right. You know like Keanu wasn't like that. Keanu's uses fucking dumb instincts. You know right. Um, so I guess they were trying to differentiate, I don't know. But there's a scene where Sandra Bullock's character is like at the bar talking to Willem Dafoe and she comes back and you know, you know, Jason Patrick's fake jealous about, oh, your new boyfriend, you know, rich guy over there, yada yada. But you don't see like what they talked about. It just was a quick thing, I guess, to establish that later on they like knew what his name is and I guess what his quote unquote deal is supposed to be. But I would have I think it would have been better if you'd gotten two or three minutes of the two of them actually talking to one another mm-hmm. for, you know, the relationship and later on in the movie. We don't get that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I got Defoe. Um, the other two I had on my list was, I like the guy that played uh, Giuliano, uh, Tamara Morrison, just because he was just like a regular guy. Like, you could have convinced me that was just an actual boat captain. Oh, yeah, no, that's what he was. And I yeah. was like, good, cool. You know, like, I'm glad they just, like, I was so good at knowing boats, I just gave him the role. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, he he did nothing else. Yeah, yeah. He, he was, was, he was like. He was solid. He was Ortiz squared, except he wasn't funny at all, and you didn't care, like, when he got slashed <laughs> by the anchor. At one point, I was like, oh, that guy's dead, okay. And then he broke his other arm. He broke arm. both arms. <laughs> Poor thing. Um, the only one I had on my list was fucking Toon Man. Like, I was going to, honestly, I saw Toon Man, I was like, okay, here we go. Now it's speed. But it's not enough substantial. It's to, not to enough get it. substantial. So we're going to go with Defoe? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's uh, back-to-back for Defoe, because he had Florida Project just a few weeks ago. So he's um, now at three on our multi-time MVP list. Um... So for Speed 1, we named it Sandra Bullock, I believe, right? I believe so. So she's not the MVP of this. She's not the LVP of this. 
I had Jason Patrick on my list for LVP because once the disaster started happening, it became clear like he's it, it's just a night and day difference between him and Keanu. But ultimately, I don't. Yeah, I think, agree. I don't think he but does enough. But I think enough. he was redeeming enough. Yes. To to you know, I liked his scenes when he was doing like the the sign language. Like I thought that him was, and the deaf girls ultimately would really yeah, save him for me. Because I thought that was good. It, it humanized him. It showed uh-huh. he had a rapport with somebody. I liked yeah. the girl. I liked, the, the, the I liked her too. too. She yeah, good. she was good. Um, I didn't like her mom. It was just playing that annoying. I mean, I get it. I didn't like the dad. <laughs> dad didn't give a fuck. She's on another boat. It's fine. Let's get the. You know, let's go. It's fine. Like. Like, without a jacket, that dress is inappropriate. I mean, he's right. But... No, he was not right. Wait till Jillian starts dressing herself. Who's going to see her? She's not going to leave the house. <laughs> uh, also, not LVP, I just had to point out, because, again, one of those that guys. At the end of the movie, uh, a car, once they hit the island, uh, gets smashed. And the car is owned by uh, not Artie Lang hmm? from Billy Madison, Mark Beltzman. And he has a line... I'm like, why did this guy still get roles three years later after this? This guy because sucks. Why not? But it's not him. Uh, I have, I think who it is, but I'm interested to see who you have as the LVP. Oh, I mean, 17 knots. Oh, that guy? I don't, I don't have that guy. I have him as the LVP. <laughs> you could probably talk me into it. I mean, ju- just for those cut scenes alone of how just intense and who are you announcing it to? Like, who? Why? The well, character for what also... purpose? And then he's like, oh, like, I'm not a navigator. It wasn't my idea. It was just, I just didn't like, it was like a spoiled Lawrence brother. It's like what I feel like this guy was. Like a French or Italian, as I'm not sure where he's from. I was going to say Norwegian. Sure. Probably. I mean, the ship is Norwegian. So I mean, it's a cruise ship. Sense. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. You know, we have um, we have all kinds of great American melting pot of people. Right. On there. So so I had I did not. You could probably enjoy talk him me, at all. You could probably talk to me unless I can convince you that it's Ashton, the bellhop guy. Man, I feel bad. The room attendant guy hit in the head with the gun. He didn't get hit enough. <laughs> he, he, was, he was like a swarmier, he, yes, swarmier version of um, in Home Alone two. <laughs> oh, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider's yeah. character? Yeah. Like, to the hilt. He's just that nerdy, obnoxious... Oh, what's this? Yeah, like, I want to tip, and then I'm steering the boat later, you know, he hit me. It's just, fuck you. I hate when they feel like they have to add that character to... I, I don't know why that character was just so persistent in 90s movies, whether it be in comedies or action movies or whatever it is. They always had to have that guy that the audience is like, am I supposed to like this guy? Because he fucking sucks. Yeah. And I never get it. So he he was mine because... I mean, I would be okay with that. Because the one thing with the other guy that I can appreciate, the Knots guy before the Knots stuff, again, just like Giuliano, it was like, okay, this guy just works on the boat. <laughs> you know? He's, sure. just, he's just chiming in, you know, as needed with... His opinions and his thoughts. I didn't think he did anything. But also, that guy read the script and didn't want to do it, but his agent convinced him to because he thought it would be good for his career. So, that guy was trying to not be in this movie. <laughs> and i got to give him points for that. Um, another person, uh, do you remember the, the singer Tamia? 
That's who the uh, the singer was in this movie. It was Tamia. I don't know who you're talking I, I about. I think she's on Keenan and Kel once, and that's something. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna say the LVP of this movie is where are you at, Ashton? Jeremy Hots. Yep, this guy. That's him, all right. Oh wow. Um. Yeah. We've been on so many cruises. I love cruising. What? It's my favorite form of travel, vacation. I love it too. But I'm always scared shitless of something happening. Why? Because I've seen now this movie in Titanic and I've seen plenty of other things where I'm just like, I, I just don't trust the people on the boat mm-hmm. who work on it, the people on the boat that are just like me as passengers. I don't trust. I've seen those videos like bad water. Like you can't trust the elements and I'm going to be on that fucking boat and I'm going to have to stab somebody (laughs) to survive and I'm never going to be able to live with myself. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Look, it's God forbid something happens, but it's a, it's, there's a danger no matter what. Oh, I know. I know. I'm danger. You could get hit by a car. I know. I'm putting it on. Struck by lightning, whatever it is. Like, I, I mean... I'm putting it on. I love it. I, I I wish we could see, like, more, like, time... Like, I wish this had, like, waited until, like, later on in the cruise like to day, take place. Like, day four. Yeah. Let me see a couple days of them having fun. Right, like, let me get a montage of them doing karaoke. Let me get a montage yeah. of them at the casino. Yeah. You know, let me get some, that. That also be a good opportunity to see more of the characters. Yeah, build up some more of that character doing sympathy. what they are. Yeah, doing. You know, yeah. have the the two I sisters. Agree. You know, like but, making jokes and having fun. Have Harvey and his wife. You know, winning a lot at the casino and and having mm-hmm. you know fun with uh, Alex and Annie. You know, like yeah, give us some stuff. Yeah, I not agree. just go right into it. Well, there's a reason why no, nobody likes this movie. And <laughs> this movie, I was shocked this was streaming. I was like, this movie just, I don't think, should exist in the ether anymore. And so why is this even a thing? Um, gotta give a shout out to Glenn Plummer, the guy who plays uh, Toon Man, who's somehow fifth build in this movie despite like three minutes of screen time. Hey, man, he's a good negotiator. I mean, also, you figure this was after, so obviously it was after Speed, but I do also believe this was after, and let me make sure I'm not being. Uh, totally off kilter here after his role in yeah Showgirls. He's uh he's one of the main actors in Showgirls as well. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. Yep. So he wow. he had a good mid nineties between Speed, Speed Se- Two, Showgirls, like and then um that's about it. <laughs> no, he's he's a former MVP on this podcast. He was the MVP of Saw Two. All right, you go, Glenn Coco. Glenn Plummer. You go, Glenn Plummer. Anything else on speed to cruise control? Um, let me just review my notes. I think we covered everything. Um, yeah, I think I think that's good. Um, yeah, I think I think we got it covered. Perfect. I think we covered it. Well, let's score it. Um, I'll let you score it first because I... So, the first Speed movie mm-hmm. is one of my favorite movies. Gosh. I think he gave it a nine and a half. Probably. Um, 
This is not that movie. It's not a nine and a half. It's not a nine and a half. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the average for speed was here in a second. I only watched that last year? Two years ago. Um, in 2021. Yeah. So the average was a 7.875, but that's because we also had Julia and Tony on. Yeah, but I think I still gave it the highest. I think I gave it a 10 as well, so. No, you gave it a 7.5. I didn't, there's no way I gave Speed a 7.5. Yes, you did. No, I, I will didn't. show you right here. Oh, I promise okay. you I didn't. Let's see, Speed. You gave it a 7.5, no, I, I gave it a 9.5, Julia gave it a 7.5, and, and Tony gave it a 7. I did not give it a 7.5. There's no way I gave Speed a 7.5. Okay, well, that's. That's what it says I'm almost there. positive I gave it a 10, because your math doesn't even check out. Yes, it does. Embarrass you on this podcast. Go on, embarrass me. Because it says right there, 8.5 is the average score for us. Right. 8.5 so average between... 7.5 and 9.5 is 8.5. I'm going to go back and listen to this episode right now. Yeah, we're going to go back and listen to it. Absolutely. We're going to do it together. To make sure I can prove you wrong. I'm a nine and a half. No. You're a seven and a you, half. I always put your score first. Well, you didn't this time. I'm telling you, I'm a nine and a half. I would never give Speed a seven and a half. Because I remember I got shit from Tony and Julia about me saying, like, I think this is one of the best action movies ever made. I don't know made. if that's the case. I'm almost positive. I don't know about that. We'll see. Whatever. I'm giving this movie... There were some things I liked about it. I'm going to give this movie a three and a half. I'm giving this movie a three. Okay, so let me write it in the right order. Yeah, thank you. You're giving it a three? Yes, and you give it a three and a half, so it's a 3.25 for speed to cruise control. Um, <laughs> but it's right underneath speed racer. <laughs> so not a good year for speed. Uh, yeah, it's... It's such a step down. It really is. It's not... If this was just a, its own movie, honestly, it'd probably be a point or two higher. I agree. It's because, because it's like, you okay, have that it's expectation. Just, it's, just, it's still not very good, but yeah. it's just kind of boring. Yeah. And yeah. you have this expectation mm-hmm. while you're watching it of like, give me something that makes me nostalgic with speed. And it's just, it's just not there. Besides, like you said, one character... And a veiled similarity to what happened the first go around. So, yep. not not good. So uh, this is automatically going in the garage. <laughs> One dollar well spent. Uh, if you think that Speed Two Cruise Control is bad, oh boy! Next week is Birdemic. I cannot wait. It's going to be even better. To watch Birdemic with you. I don't think I've ever actually watched the movie without the the riff tracks playing over it. Well, I've never watched either. So that'll be... Well, I, I want to watch it and then immediately watch the riff tracks of it. So that'll be that'll be fun. Okay. Um, And then we got Jupiter Ascending. Then we have our guest star episode, hopefully. Um, we had a bit of a, a, a panic attack earlier today because we thought our movie list had um, disappeared. It turns out I just accidentally deleted it when I was cleaning up my Google Drive. You're dumbass. And we were able to recover it. So um, I've resent the list to our next guest stars um, that we'll be hopefully doing an episode with them sometime this month. And then we got episode 450, Interstellar, uh, will be coming here at the end of the month, if I'm not uh, if I'm not mistaken. And then we'll get into the Fast and the Furious franchise. So nothing to draw, nothing to nominate today. But plenty to look forward to over the coming weeks and months. Great. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Mary Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you're going to uh, patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Did I already say arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on the network of shows? Well, you did it again, I if not. I did it twice. Facebook.com slash Movies at Movies on Twitter, marriedmovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. For you? At your host, Mullet38 on Instagram. I don't think, you know, I didn't say words there. At your host, Mullet38 on Instagram. Look, that ring stuff blew me the fuck up. <laughs> I am exhausted. I'm taking a shower. Just, oh my gosh. At Jam with your Sam on Instagram. I'm not going to let you let me forget. Like, it's so small. I don't have anything else left. <laughs> I was going to try to go over again. Check out his pod bloggle. Uh, it's currently, I, I didn't. I watched American Gladiators and can flesh flesh today, so I didn't type anything up. I may take a break, to be perfectly honest. I, I I've That's a lot of potting. A and lot blogging. of bloggling. Bloggling. Pod bloggling. I'm a creature of habit, so when I watch shows, what? I have to handwrite my notes what? and then turn I have to transcribe them. I've altered the formatting, try to make that easier, and it's just not easy. It's, Typing two or three thousand words off of my chicken scratch, so I got to come up with a system you where it's easier to do this. You could just type it. It doesn't work that way. I just, I, I can't. I don't, I don't trust myself. I'll try, but I, I don't think it'll work. Because I still have to go back through and I'm gonna have to edit. I'm gonna have typos. I'm gonna have formatting problems. I'm a fucking writer, and it sucks. For mullet. <laughs> oh, was there something else to say? No, unless you have something fun to tell people about yourself. No, you're right. Go ahead. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. I take such good care of your jewelry. Like, I make sure, like, it's there's nothing, anything wrong with it. And I that, appreciate that. Yeah, I would never put it in my fucking pocket in a baggie. But what if you... And then go into the fucking water! Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.